Lesson one, basic hip. Welcome to the Jazz Session. I'm Jason Crane. The Jazz Session is presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. The show is sponsored by Matt Rock, our first official sponsor. How did he become the first official sponsor? It's quite easy. He became a member at the highest membership level. You can do the same, either weekly or monthly, but you can also do it for as little as 10 bucks a month. We are more than halfway to the goal of 100 members by the 300th show, but that 300th show is fast approaching, and that means I need you to join. The 300th show will air on August 11th, and it's a doozy with an interview with uh, the four members of the band Planetary Unknown, and uh, it was really a blast to be with them. William Parker, Cooper Moore, Muhammad Ali, and David S. Ware. That's show number 300, and I would love to follow it with number 301, but only you can determine that. A member of the show uh, wrote in recently to say that uh, you know he was he was sad to hear that I sounded uh, like I was okay with the show ending. And don't get me wrong, I certainly would love for the show to continue. This show is is very dear to me. It's been going for four and a half years now, and it has been a complete labor of love almost the entire time. Well, really, even now. And I would love for it to go for another 50 years. I would love to be looking back from episode 10,000 and saying, remember when we thought this show wouldn't make it? But I think a more accurate thing to say is that I'm just, I'm okay with the show coming to an end if I can't get the support. Uh, which just means I, if it comes to an end, then that's, you know, that's just where things are at. That's, it's not great. It's not wonderful. But it's okay. It won't be the end of my life if that happens either. Uh, but absolutely, let's keep this thing going. And that's super easy to do. Just become a member at thejazzsession.com. Thanks to the Respect Sextet for the theme music to this show. They're online at respectsextet.com. Thanks also to Dave Rabel, who designed the show's logo. And he is online at twitter.com slash Dave Rabel, V-R-A-B-E-L. I've interviewed Jane Bennett a couple times over the years, and I've introduced her band at festivals and uh, always just really enjoyed talking to her and, of course, loved hearing her play. And so it was uh, a great pleasure when I had a chance to finally get her on the jazz session, which hasn't happened yet. She was in town with Hilario Duran for uh, some gigs, and actually they're coming back to town in July to play uh, an evening at the Jazz Standard. You can check out the Jazz Standard's website for information on that. And we sat down in their hotel room to chat about the music from their new album, Cuban Rhapsody. Here's a sample of that.
My guests are Jane Bennett and Hilario Duran. They have a new album called Cuban Rhapsody, and uh, it's great to have you both on the show. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess the first thing, uh, and since Jane, you have the microphone, maybe we'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, on the inside of the CD cover, there's this great picture of you guys seated kind of distantly at this table looking at each other, which in many ways is kind of funny because the one thing that this album is absolutely not is distant. You guys sound so incredibly comfortable with each other for obvious reasons. But maybe you can just talk a little bit about kind of what it was like in the studio that day and, yeah. and what it's like to play together because it's, it's obvious you have a great rapport. Well... Yeah, I mean, we've, Larry and I played under so many circumstances. It's been now 23 years, which I, I just, I just can't believe how, how quickly the time just goes by. Since you were child prodigies. Yeah, that's right. You're so kind. (laughs) So kind. Yeah. Yeah, right. But, um, I, you know, I do, I do feel incredibly comfortable. Like, uh, Larry's such a strong player. That you you feel like there's this safety net, you know. You can you can um, you can breathe. There's a lot of, you can you can relax, but at the same time, there's a lot of um, pushing. You know, a lot of momentum in 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 his playing, and um, I just feel like fortunate just because he's he's so incredibly strong that he can make anybody sound good, and and that's like. Um, that's like a, a, a compliment to, to the greats. You know, that's why people want to work with other great musicians because they, that other musician makes them sound great. They know how to compliment what, what you do. They know how to let the music breathe. And of course, Hilario's knowledge about the music, um, is like, you know, miles, um, of the Cuban music is miles ahead of mine. So it's great. Um, you know, I'm in a, 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 a forum of being able to really uh, learn, you know, from, from one of the masters who, sure. who has years of listening experience in this music on me. And having played a lot of this music as a young person, it's really, you know, I think he's eternalized it over the years. For me, I, I love the music as I continue to, to learn and collect more pieces and then and bounce something off of Valerio. Oh, check out this piece. And of course, most of the time he knows it. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I remember this one. So, number one, it's it's a great pleasure to, to of course, you know, st- still be working. There's, we both have, you know, other projects that we do, but we've, we've now, or we haven't been doing, but now we're sort of back and working together on more things than ever and it's it's really it's really great because i think the little little time apart from each other has probably um you know i think we've kind of grow, both grown as musicians in different sure. ways i think as a jazz artist if i can say i think Hilario's really developed since you know in the last few years as a great jazz musician and before where we more so thought of him as a great Cuban musician who played jazz, you know, he, he, he encompasses, because of the time that he's been in North America, he's encompassed so much more. And I guess myself, by continuing to have him going to Cuba, I, I've, I've gathered a lot more, sort of, I've been able to in- internalize a lot of the Cuban music um, feel it a lot, a lot better than I than I ever have before. So, this, it, you know, the timing in so many ways, the timing for this particular record couldn't be more right. If we tried to do this record like two or three years ago, I don't think we could have done it 
I don't think it would. I don't think it would have had the same um, musical depth and and the the kind of simpatico of being sort of on the same page at the same time. Sure. To do something like this, so the idea of this record always it was in the air, you know, like for, since a long time because we have been working for so many years, but we didn't we didn't find the 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 right time to do it and now uh, now this this was the time and was was like, like perfect for for both of us it, this is a, an obvious question but is it particularly demanding on you as a pianist to play in a duet it is very demanding and really um, i told you and i am uh, that this is this is a really hard <laughs> this is a really hard <laughs> gift for me because i have I am like uh, the the uh, like, uh, we say in Spanish the uh, hombre orquesta, the one man band. <laughs> the, the right? one yeah. man band. <laughs> but at the same time, for me, it's so satisfying to 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 do this because to control at the uh, at the same time to control all the uh, all all the music and the tempos and all all the scenes and what what we are doing. No? For me, it's great and, and really pushed me to 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 be even better. You know, it's really, it's really a challenge for me, this work. Have you done a lot of solo piano performance in your playing no career? No much that I would really like to do. And like, in this record, I'm doing a lot of solos, things. And I remember my, the, the first album that I did here, uh, um, there in Canada, <laughs> uh, uh, Francisco's son mm -hmm. was the first album that uh, I put it out with Justin Time Record. It uh, had a lot of solos and a lot of duets too. And it was a really interesting combination. That's great. Uh, I know that you guys did a, a live performance today here in New York. What was that experience like? It was it was really fun. It was really fun to play there and with the people, and people love it, the music, and yeah, it was, it was really great. Can uh, either or both of you talk about the song selection on this album and how you chose what it was you were going sure. to play? Well, um, I'll let you speak about the contra dances because you you have a lot to say about that. Um, I've always loved the piece Lagrimas Negras. Um, I just find it it's just so uh, haunting and and um, 
I heard it a lot when I was in uh, Santiago de Cuba province, but I would never hear it in Havana. I found this very interesting in in the travels back and forth, and um, uh, it was a piece that was always being played. Like when I would be walking around Santiago. Um, by, by the Casa de los Trovas and the, the different music houses, there would always be, you know, a guitar or a trio or a septeto playing Lagrimas Negras. Somebody, you know, singing, singing it with with just a guitar, and um, I was very haunted by the piece. But nobody was playing it uh, outside of Santiago, and then uh, I think um, then then we started playing it and. Um, and then now, you, now when you walk around Havana, everybody's playing it. So it's one. Of, I, I don't understand how these things sort of happen naturally. But that was a piece I really wanted to include, and we had been playing it in duet um, for a little while. Um, is, s- is it a, a piece that kind of dates back into the folk tradition, or was it like twentieth century piece composed? It's, in that no, area, it's in the nineteen nineteen twenties, more or less. Um, it was written by the great Miguel Matamoros and M- Miguel Matamoros trio. Miguel Matamoros was one of the the main uh, writers, but it was a trio, and they came from Santiago to Cuba. Okay. So that's maybe the reason why Santiago to Cuba is very. They very much celebrate their writers from that region sure. and um, there it's an interesting story because uh, Madame Moros wrote over well over 200 300 pieces that are all great like they're like hits and um, he um, I think not too sure if it was, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was Lagrimas Negras or or um, Song de la Loma but maybe it was Song de la Loma but became a major, major hit uh, in in Havana, and uh, Miguel Matamoros didn't even know it. He was working as a chauffeur for wow. some for some landowner, and um, he went and recorded it. And when he got back to Santiago, it had become a hit in a matter of a very short time. So he's a very, very, really prolific writer. So, and and it's it's a piece that kind of contains. Bolero, it's got a very beautiful haunting melody, and then it kicks in with this montuno. And so you can hear this piece, you know, and it has so many possibilities because of a, a lot of different um, forms within, sure. the, within the piece. So it's really synonymous with Santiago. So that piece I, I, I loved, and Maria La O, I've always loved that piece. First, having heard Caetano Veloso sing it, and so I like that. Piece. That's a good place to start. Yeah, yeah. it is wonderful. Um, Song de la Loma, I played um, with Jose Marie Vitier and had done it also with um, Ilario Duran and Frank Emilio. We had played that. I think we had, didn't we? Did we do that? In, we did that in the show back um, back a uh, uh, number of years ago. Cuban Piano Masters, which was the beginning mm-hmm. of our taking two legendary piano players that were. Um, uh, decade, you know, quite quite sure. an expanse in age, and uh, we actually just did a, a show um, last year. It was uh, with three pianos: Guillermo Rubalcaba, Hilario, and Elio Villafranca, which was wow. three generations of piano. So uh, it's something that we love to do. So that piece was also a piece we we decided to include, and Danza Lucumi, which I think Hilario introduced me to, which I just. Um, adore that piece i i had heard that piece on cuban television in in film 
And uh, I was trying to find that piece. Like I, well, I can't remember what film I was watching, but it was like it haunted me and haunted me that piece. And then he pulled it out one day. I said, "That's the piece." So I was pretty happy about that. One thing that this record, like a really special, is is uh, the repertoire. That every song has its story. That you can you can say that. No, that um, it's really it's really special. And um, for example, uh, I can uh, one of the one of the songs that I really like most in this record is Cheresada. Because, but it's because that's that was the first uh, uh, the first piece that I hear of uh, Q and Jazz when I was really a kid. Like when uh, because the, my father he was the the one that used to play me jazz, and he he brought. I remember he played me two records. One, one record of Errol Garner, the piano player, the great piano player, and the other one was Frank Emilio's, uh, uh, Frank Emilio Quinteto Cubano de Jazz with Guillermo Barreto and, and Tata Wieners and all these wonderful guys. So that was the first album uh, of Cuban Jazz that I heard. And, and also you can... How old were you then, do you think? Okay, eight years old. Okay. Something like that. And were you playing piano and, yet? And, uh, yeah, I was playing piano. Okay. Uh, I started playing by ear like when I was seven or eight, you know? And so this this song, Cheresada, I used to play every... We, um, in my home, they used to play every day this 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 record, you know? And other pieces like... Uh, like it's called Gandinga, Mondonga, Sandunga, mm-hmm. and other... This, this was a really special uh, album uh, of, of Frank Emilio, and after many after many years, I realized that Frank Emilio was really the guy that, that was, was one of the the pianists that influenced me more. So I I was really happy when we decided to put this song Cheresada in this album. When you play that song, does it? Take you back to your yeah, parents and your home. And your, yeah, yeah. Yes. And really, because I, I'm, I remember, I remember every note in my mind, you know, when I hear back when, when I was a kid. Did you try to, to learn this song on the piano when you were little? Yeah, yeah. Yes. All, all, all this, because when I, when I was a kid, I, I tried to reproduce everything, you know. Uh, I hear on the radio and the television and how I started playing piano by, you know, but to make melodies like I listen, you know.
can you say something about the contradanzas that are also on this record? Yeah, the contradanza is also. We did the. Well, I did myself a selection. I did myself a selection of of five contradanzas. There are five. No, like. The one is called La Tedesco. It was dedicated to the great soprano singer Fortunata Tedesco back in 1800, I don't know. And the other one is called El Pañuelo de Pepa. It's a Pepa's handkerchief. It's a slow one. And the other one is called Los Ojos de Pepa, Pepa's Eyes. And the other one is called Los Tres Golpes. It's the three hits. And we decided to add one contradanza of the 20th century. It was written by the great piano pianist and composer Jose Maria Vitier. And so it is really a special medley of. Can you describe to people what a contradanza is? Yes, the contradanza was the contradanza was a kind of style that it was brought by the landowners from France to Cuba. So those landowners they they were in Haiti, Haiti, and. Because the revolution of Haiti, they moved, most of them, they moved to the east of Cuba. Uh, that part of Baracoa or the Oriente, the east of Cuba. And so they brought that, <coughs> they brought the contradanza from Europe, you know, and the contradanza in Europe, they used to, they used to dance this, this music with like a, a square, like a square dances. Um, so when they brought this to Cuba, it it was mixed with the with the Hispanic uh, influence and the the Afro-Cuban drums. So there there were there were also a lot of movement from Louisiana and from New Orleans to the north of Cuba. So all this music that got mixed with a lot of styles. That's why it's so rich harmonically. Since you are both jazz musicians, when you play this music, do you uh, do you kind of move away from the traditional forms of yeah, the music? Yeah, yeah, we 
with this kind of music, we, we, we try to do our own version of the pieces, even the, the classical pieces we, we play, exactly what it was written, but also with some variation, we do some improvisation here and there. Sure. Jane, can I ask you, um, uh, I remember once traveling in Maine and meeting a person f uh, who had lived in Maine for like 40 years but was from Massachusetts. And that person said, I will never be from Maine, even though I moved uh, here when I was like five. Yeah. And I've lived here my entire yes. life since I learned how to speak, basically. I've lived in Maine, but I'm always an outsider. Yeah. So I wonder uh, if you feel like you've been able to kind of take possession of this music or if it's the kind of thing where you're always one step removed. No, that's a that's a really good very good question and valid question um it's changes you know what i mean like there's sometimes i feel like i am so cuban <laughs> i mean i mean i just you know because i just feel you know I, I feel i feel you know especially a lot of the folkloric stuff i really feel it and i don't know i don't know why that is because my upbringing my upbringing is like i'm you know from a very waspy white world of you know roast beef and mashed potatoes and and dried roast beef at that and it's it's interesting because there is there are some times where i feel like really when i when i played with some some of the guys i feel so um really connect you know really connected and and moved um by by what's happening and and not con not really conscious of you know uh my demographic or whatever you call it sure and then sometimes i you know sometimes when i'm playing i f i i will feel like wow there's still there's so much i still need to know because even though I'm I'm a musical person and I listen to a lot, there's still so many nuances and 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 things that are in there that I st still am discovering. And even I think even a lot of Cuban musicians would would maybe even say that about particular other styles of Cuban music mm -hmm. too, because th that's one of the things about. That's one of the things about the music is that there are, there are so many different genres of, of, of styles of the Cuban music that just have these sh shifts in that from province <clears throat> to province. You know, they're, they're little things, but they're big. They're big things that really flavor and identify the music. And you're talking, you know, on classical level, on a folkloric level and, more influence of you know if it's French, African, Spanish, you know like some of the music is so so rooted in Europe and things. Some things have way more Afro elements in them. So there's there's so much to know still, and I guess that's why I keep you know reinvestigating and discovering you know certain things. I mean, it's it's. As rich as the history of, of jazz, you know, in, in North America. Well, yeah, and I guess to some degree, I mean, that just that question, you know, displays a cultural bias on my part, because you could probably put in any any genre of music for Cuban music and ask the exact same question to anyone who did not grow up playing that music mm -hmm. but now plays it. I mean, you see people from 
every culture in the world playing every other kind of music. Yeah. It seems like we're in a place where nowadays it's incredible. Is mixing and yeah, you see these guys everything. that cl- play fantastic tabla or meridung, and it's like, how does that guy right. get? Gets so, so that way, and, the and where re- are you from? Oh, Dayton, Ohio. But, right, yeah, yeah, of course. But right, the re- yeah. but you know what? The reason was was there something that just made that something tweaked for them about that music, and they just decided to work their butts off. Like I really wanted that music really resonates with me. I want to do it. So you spend a lot of time at it, and eventually, hopefully, you know, with good guidance and surrounding yourself with you know really talented people, um, you just keep getting better and better. You know? <laughs> I asked uh, Ilario about uh, the demands of being a pianist in this duet setting. I guess I'll turn turn that same kind of question to you. Uh, uh, what is it like for you to play in this uh, in well, this setting? Great. It's like that joke, you know, the singer just has to hold a light bulb, and then everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know that one? Or the, the world, right, the world revolves the world around it. Right, revolves around her. No, it's great. Like you know, I'm just playing two notes, and Ilario's going boy, I sound good. <laughs> That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> does this uh, does this pairing kind of? It, it feels like it would give you a ton of space to move around in a lot. Yeah, of it, room. it does. You know, but there's like there's lots of little things that I have to to work on in, in this music, uh, which is articulations and dynamics. You know that you. I mean, of course, in jazz, you're supposed to play with all those things too. But in in, in this music, it's even more. It, it's more defined. You know, there's definitely there's definitely places where things are the notes are really short and things are really yeah. smooth and and to really pull off the uh, the uh, authenticity of the music and 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 it's deserving you know to to really present it in its elo- eloquence you have to do that stuff so it, that there's a, there's a fair bit um of study there you know in terms of like when you're playing jazz and you know swinging the notes and stuff like right. that it's so that's particular pieces of vocabulary that are just Part and parcel You've of this You've got to when you're song. learning that music. It just goes hand in hand with like learning a piece of classical music. Sure. Yeah. For the get go, it's you got to be working on that right from the get go and get that under your fingers. Or the music won't really. How, how would you say it, Larry? The music won't really speak as as well as it should. It'll be a very. It would be probably be a very flat kind of uh, delivery. Right. One dimensional. Sure. Uh. Hilario, has uh, has improvisation always been a part of what you've been doing on the piano? Yeah, I see. Uh, you can say that, yeah. Uh, uh, improvisation is uh, it has been uh, really uh, a great thing for me since even since I started um, le- uh, learning the piano, and even since I I started learning how to play jazz. Because uh, back in Cuba, the, all the musicians of my generation they learn to playing just to listening and lifting uh, records, old records, because there 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 are no just schools in Cuba. So um, I don't know. This is it's a great thing. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing to to learn. Sure. To play just. You know, uh, that way to really put, put in your heart and what, what you listen and, and just do it. You know, I, <coughs> I remember that I, I played so many times on my, my, my records at, at home. Or, uh, the jazz record I, I had, uh, uh, and also 
it was like a kind of obsession to copy like lifting phrases, just phrases and like that. I not not only uh, trying to copy pianists, I I also tried to copy uh, saxophone solos, trumpet solos, uh, memorizing and and this that's that's this is a, a good thing that a jazz musician should have like a, a big repertoire of of phrases in in your head, you know. Sure. And, uh, and when the time comes, you have to go throw away that that you know. It's it's not only to learn how to uh, to know how to play this uh, mixolydian scale here and there uh, and play uh, up and down, you know. It's it's just like that, you know. And so I. The uh, uh, improvisation have been a big part of my my play, my playing, you know. When you started, uh, when you started traveling outside of Cuba and hearing what was happening in jazz, were you surprised by what you heard? Did you feel like you were already caught up, or did you feel like you had more catching up to do when you started hearing what else was going on? Sort sort of, you know, like because I because I. Uh, the thing is, I have been traveling all over the world since I was a, a, a young, with with different bands, you know. With I have the opportunity to travel with uh, the trumpet player Turo Sandoval uh, since I was really young. I, I, I got a lot of information about, uh, of music, um, jazz, uh, musicians, and everything. But when I really got the thing was when I moved to Canada. It was a big change because I got really a lot of information, a lot of, and not only of just music, you know, because living in Toronto, that Toronto is a really great multicultural city, and I I got exposed to all those different cultures, like all this kind of music from Latin America, from the Middle East, from China, from every, everywhere I got, uh, uh, it was really a good thing for me. Each of you, in addition to the Cuban Rhapsody record, can you mention some of the other projects you've been working on recently? Well, now uh, the, the, I can say, for example, now in less than 15 days, we're, I'm going uh, on the road to, to play with my, uh, my big band. It's a certain piece, but uh, we're going to do 
uh, festivals on, on the west coast of Canada. Okay. Um, with, with my orchestra and um, with Jen as a special guest, but also we're going to we're going to play music of of Cuban Rhapsody in the in the show. Okay. And is the other music your compositions? The other music yeah, that the there, band plays? There, there are some of my compositions. There are also some of... Uh, uh, we're playing some of the uh, the repertoire of Cuban uh, classic. Okay. And also some Latin jazz. And uh, when when does that tour happen? It's going to be in less than 15. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to start traveling on the June 19th. Oh, so right away. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be very soon. That's great. But it, it's, it's a very great opportunity because we're going to present the, we're going to present this music. Uh, also, we're going to play some of, the, some of the music of my last Big Bang record, but also we're going to present this uh, music from Kimon Rasuri. Great. And Jane, can you talk about some of the things that you're involved in these days? Sure. I want to tell this other funny story. Okay. First of all, Hilario's uh, forgotten this. Before I tell you that, so when Hilario came out um, in 1991, we're, we did a big show down at Toronto's Harbor Front, uh, which is the big outdoor amphitheater. And it was the opening, um, it was the opening that year, first year of WOMAD. Okay. And so we brought Hilario and um, Mercedes Valdez, um, Ahmed Barroso, wonderful guitar player, and a big folkloric group called Yoruba and Davo. So I think altogether it was like 15, 16, four dancers. So anyway, it was, yeah, it was like 19 people or something in the end. And um, at the sound check, because I had only really known Hilario as being this incredible Cuban piano player. So at the sound check, all, I had forgotten I'd given him a duet recording I'd done with the the late pianist um, Don Poland mm-hmm. and uh, we were at the sound check and all of a sudden Larry, Larry started going boom, 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 and playing this this I mean this kind of rag avant-garde sort of rag st- style piano and he, and he said to me he hardly was speaking English in these days and he said Jane listen I can play like Don Poland <laughs> And Larry and I looked at each other. But you, do you remember? Yeah, and we went, "Oh, wow! This, there's, there's even more possibilities with this guy." That's great. Uh, because we, yeah, so we just knew that Alario uh, was just like one of the, one of these musicians who was just like, just bursting to you know be able to get into more creative well, actually that, that piece of Don Poland that you're talking about I used to yeah, that piece of Don Poland <laughs> I, 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 after I, I really got connected connected with that piece even in Cuba even in Cuba I used to play this with, with, with Carlos Averoff really? yeah we used to I play that oh wow we used to play we this should start playing it again <laughs> <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> I don't remember. We'll get into into some of those avant-garde. We'll give them the cover of the uh, Cuban Rhapsody, and then we'll just go avant-garde on them. (laughs) Yeah. So that was if that was so. You know, when that happened, we just thought, "Wow, Alerio's really—he's so capable about of doing so much." And you know, the thing with Cuba at that time too is so so limiting, just in terms of you know resources and information getting 
getting in there. Sure. And the travel stipulations, et cetera. But, um, oh, in terms of projects, I have a, a, a new project that I'm doing, and Alario's a part of it. Well, be, uh, actually, I would say it's our kind of our project together, except I'm the more bossier one in terms of organizing things. And he sort of steers the direction, but it's uh, with a, a, a new folkloric group called Ira Iri. I'm trying to get them to change their name to something really <laughs> simple like Kaye Rumba or something like that. But anyway, it's um, all very old folkloric material and um, with Larryo, myself, Larry on trumpet and uh, Roberto Riberone on bass. Oh, wow. um, Riberone is the bass player from the great group uh, Cubanissimo, wonderful bass player, um, great arranger also. And uh, thank goodness, you know, Larryo was like instrumental in for our first recording, Spirits of Havana, really making a lot of that music work because it was like folkloric with a with jazz improvisation in it. And so we're I've now picked up going back to, to doing that again because there's this new generation of young guys doing this ancient old music. So it's quite 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 exciting. So we're doing that and um um I'm just uh, when I get back I'm doing a a big um thing on Nina Rota mm-hmm. um uh at uh, TIFF for this a film festival thing which is uh, all the music Nina Rota was Fellini's uh, right hand for all the sure. the music for his film so I'm got a, a live band um sequencing with all these oh, cool. bizarro scenes from right, about right. eight different Fellini films so that's a kind of project that I'm trying to kind of keep on the go and working towards doing on Morricone's music, any Morricone's music with, with band. And, um, um, I've had a year long residency in a small city outside of Toronto improvising in the community. Um, it's called improvisation and community social practice. So I'm working with, um, are you getting them to change their name too? I wish they would. <laughs> ICASP, they call it. I can hardly even say that either. So working with kids that have Down syndrome, um, autism, um, patients that are have post-traumatic stress disorder, all, all kinds of things that are happening within the community and, and, and working with musical activity with them to see how it impacts their lives but also impacts the community when you bring them out into into the public performing for a lot of these people they've never had any contact with music in their lives so it's quite quite fascinating so this is being filmed they're filming it for research and stuff like that so it's sort of a pilot project but it's been very very demanding it's been like three three days a week kind of thing wow yeah so it's it's nice to be just out playing right now so sure. that I'm enjoying. <laughs> yeah. But I'll just say that my guests are Jane Bennett and Hilario Duran. Their new CD is called Cuban Rhapsody, and uh, it was great to talk to you both. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you very much, Jason. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you.
That's music from Jane Bennett and Hilario Duran from their new album, Cuban Rhapsody. I'm Jason Crane. This is The Jazz Session, sponsored by Matt Rock and presented by AllAboutJazz.com, the web's leading source for jazz news, reviews, MP3 downloads, and more. Every episode of the show is available for free at thejazzsession.com, and you'll find links there to follow the show on iTunes, uh, using an RSS reader, on Facebook, or at twitter.com slash jazzsesh, S-E-S-H. Thanks for listening, and now please turn off all this electronic junk and get out there and support real live jazz whenever and wherever you can, and come back next time for another conversation about jazz on The Jazz Session. Mm -hmm.